Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Sentimental Garbage, the podcast where we talk about the culture we love that society sometimes makes us feel ashamed of. My name is Caroline and my wardrobe is giving me deep vein thrombosis. Joining me is the woman who wears her skinny jeans with ballet flats and a peplum top. Lauren Bravo. <laughs> Hi. The peplum top. Hey, we're into I don't want to see one ever again. Absolutely never. Like a balance sheet for your body. Horrible. Mm, and part of ruffle. part of that culture that I um, can never stop returning to on this podcast of like office wear as casual wear. Jewel tones. Are we talking jewel tones? Jewel tones. Tone. Yeah, I just I just remember this one emerald peplum top I had that is just stayed in the wardrobe for so long. With a statement necklace. With a statement neck yeah. at 21 years old. <laughs> oh man, there's so much to say. But I mean, I think why I'm here and I think probably why we're all mm. here, Caroline, is I need to know how you're going to relate skinny jeans to a post 9-11 world. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't believe we're 15 seconds into this podcast. And I've been dressed down by an older no. friend as you. Oh, no. I mean it with love. Oh, oh my God. The roast of Caroline O'Donoghue. <laughs> no. No, but again, um, so 9-11. Uh, <laughs> Um, so I, I I texted you a couple of months ago to say episode idea. Also, hadn't spoken to you since you had your baby or anything. No congratulations. Yeah, no irrelevant. flowers. No card. Requiem for a skinny jean. <laughs> this is all I need because I th- it's it's so interesting to and and obviously this comes with a massive caveat of like trends are made up and you can wear what you want and don't feel ashamed yes. of your wardrobe and blah 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 and cost of living, whatever. Let's be frank about it. We're two London women looking at other London women in a major world city that is considered a fashion capital. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm looking around and I am noticing it's fucking over. Where are they? Right. <laughs> yeah. So this is the thing. I, I think what we need to address first is, has the death of skinny jeans been greatly exaggerated? Mm-hmm. I did a little unscientific experiment on my way here. Okay. I counted <gasps> how many pairs of skinny jeans I saw. And now, yeah. admittedly, I am travelling from East London to London's fashionable Soho. <laughs> so it's not representative, yeah. right? I saw nine. Nine? Nine pairs of skinny jeans on people of all genders. During rush hour on a during Tuesday rush morning. Hour on a Tuesday? Wednesday? Wednesday morning. <laughs> <laughs> nine pairs that's not a lot of pairs of skinny jeans like I don't think we're off the mark here yeah they're not yeah for for something that had like I'm gonna say a 15 to 20 year complete stranglehold mm. on the like quite literally stranglehold on the lower half of our bodies uh-huh. for within a couple of years for that to dwindle to nine pairs yeah on a commute in London at rush hour during mm. the week is crazy. It's dramatic. Yeah. I think skinny jeans is a really perfect set text when you're looking at like a fashion life cycle mm-hmm. because it's a very pure one because there's only so many shapes of jeans. So you've mm-hmm. got like your little micro trends, you've got your your bum bags, your baseball caps, your peplum mm-hmm. tops, etc. But then jeans 
can only go in these big waves mm. like you can like you say we've we've been wearing them for like 20 years and 20 years generally in academic terms is how long we think it takes for a trend to kind of rise up live die again um and so skinny jeans were looking at exactly that yeah and a real era it is like... was such an era and you know the fact that we are now of an age and this is what I think it really comes down to as mm. well, where we get to choose now whether or not we're gonna kind of go again with these things. So you know all the Gen Zs are wearing the massive jeans now. Yeah. And I think that I'm sorry to lump you into my 35 plus box. I know you're not quite there yet. Um About two years before right. I join your sad community. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not sad, Caroline, it's liberating. <laughs> okay, good. Because we now like you get I, I think, you know, for the first time I'm at a position where I can sort of step back and look at the kids and think, mm. Oh, you have your fun. You know, you yeah. enjoy, you have your fun and I'm just going to kind of stick here with my boot cuts. And that's interesting. It's so strange because there were years there where even the phrase boot cut jeans was a kind of a weird punchline. Right. And like it would be like a shorthand for like a a, a, a weird man you went on a date with. Oh yeah. And like, jeans and shoes. Yeah. With one of those leather biker jackets with like a little flap with a popper on at the neck. Why did boot cut become such a weird punchline? Yeah. Like you uh, were saying in the Ashling books and the Oh My God What a Complete Ashling. Uh, which are a series of like Irish comedy books that are kind of like Adrian Mole for basic women, mm, essentially. Yeah, um, uh, but absolute genius. Absolute like, genius, yeah. And uh, they, uh, she talks about like her love of a shumper, which is a, sh- like, a shirt collar knitted into a V-neck jumper. Yeah, attached. <laughs> attached yeah, yeah. and bootcut jeans. And like mm. that's supposed to be this wink to the readership who know that this is an unfashionable kind of jean to wear. Right. And it also, it goes through, you know, she has a journey in the books where she has her, her fashionable Dublin friends get her in a mom jean. Yeah. And that's like a whole narrative in the book. That's a thing. <laughs> that she's, you know, she's still not really on board with the mom jean, but she's kind of doing it for her mates. Do you know what? I think it's because bootcut jeans were flattering. Mm-hmm. And now it's very hard to talk about anything that was a trend in the mid-noughties without the ghost of Trini and Susanna manifesting. So mm-hmm. I feel like we'll just cover them off quite quickly. But... You know, a boot cut in its essence, I suppose if you're talking about like bodily hang-ups and, you know, addressing a female figure, a boot cut is supposed to be legendarily the most flattering option, isn't it, right? It's all about silhouettes, it's about proportion, etc. Right. And so skinny jeans in a way, I think, when they came in, felt like they did feel quite liberating and rebellious in a way because it was a fuck you to Trini and Susanna and dressing in a flattering way for your body. And it was suddenly going, no, I am just going to totter around like, you know, a kind of sack of potatoes on a pair of cocktail sticks and I'm going to love it. (laughs) Yeah, and like, I remember them being genuinely quite controversial in a, mm-hmm. in a very strange way of and also um skinny jeans on men becoming this punchline for a kind of like this is a real uh, dated term that i can't believe ever existed a real metrosexual signifier oh, yes. you know what i mean there'd be like a little aside in like the sunday times or something being like you know that you know how they'll create like a fake profile of a man that like oh we all know Stuart with his oh, yeah, skinny yeah. jeans and leather jacket and silver necklace kind mm, of thing and it's visible ankles yes mm. exactly and hair products that costs more than your house. Well, the Whoa. pipeline that began with Stuart and ended fairly recently with four lads in jeans. That meme, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was, I was trying to, when, like, ahead of this, I was thinking, kind of, what killed the skinny jean? If mm-hmm. we have to kind of write a death certificate, mm-hmm. what are the causes of death? And I feel like four lads in jeans 
that meme so t- has to so be. So tell me what that is. I, I, I think I'm dimly aware, but you have to bring it to light for me. Okay. Oh, I'm educating Caroline. Caroline, you want a meme. This is a good day for me. Okay. <laughs> So it's for it's for men. They're very stacked. If you mm-hmm. picture the the classic, the sort of the gym bro, the mm. top heavy silhouette with their tiny little legs, and they're all wearing very tight um, yeah. skinny jeans, and you know some array of like loafers with a bare ankle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and they're yeah. out on the town. They're po- and they're posing for a photo. And, and real like Essexy lads, right? Essexy lads. Yeah, they've got a picture together outside of let's say the O2 or yes. wherever they're I going. I do know this. Their... I know this picture. Yeah, yeah. and and it was it became such a meme that it, they then made, I think, I want to say a bronze statue of the four lads in jeans. I might have to verify that, but I'm pretty sure they have been commemorated in some way. And bless them, I think they had quite a good sense of humour about it. Yeah. But I do feel like that was a nail in the coffin for the skinny jean. What- and that, okay. Oh, I, I, this is fascinating because I, I, I think it also, I think, yes, it's the death of one sort of item of clothing that had complete... Um, a total umbrella empire, or it's like, it's like when you hear about these like great empires, like ancient Mesopotamia, that you know nothing about but controlled the entire world at some point. You're like, yeah. and then it just went away. And Byzantium like, is my yeah, Byzantium obsession. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, it was this thing of like, I think body standards for men changed very quickly. Mm. Where and maybe we have to go back to the very beginning of skinny jeans. Shall we? Do you yes. want to do a potted history? I do. So uh, we're gonna, you know briefly reference that like oh in the 1950s the cigarette trouser and Elvis and James Dean mm-hmm. we all kind of vaguely know that anytime you like google the history of skinny jeans you have to scroll through five pages of Elvis wearing yeah, yeah, yeah. tight black trousers and that kind of being this interesting thing of like oh you know showing movement essentially of like yes, the, the seeing ad- the outline of a body yeah and yeah. the advent of TV and that body being in your home and seeing it move around in that controversial way <laughs> sending the girls wild <laughs> Uh, inventing the pill. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if we fast forward to the early 2000s, mm-hmm. the sort of the, the godfather of the skinny jeans, I'm sure you've learned this from your reading as well, is... Did you look up how to pronounce his name? No, but did you? Hedy he- Slimen. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The most incredible case of nominative determinism I have ever come Absolutely. across. Absolutely. Heidi Slimman, as he is in my head. Yeah, S-L-I-M-A-N-E. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, French designer of Italian and Tunisian descent. Oh, God, you really did your I, research. Yeah, I've gone deep. And um, he started working at uh, YSL in the late 90s mm-hmm. um, and then quickly went to Dior to be like the head of their male couture fashion department and uh, very much skinny fit, slim fit things. Yeah. And his first big coup is Brad Pitt's wedding suit. I did not know that. To Jennifer Aston. And famously, we have very few pictures of Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aston's wedding. Of course. I know what her hair looked like. That's all I can picture. She had, I think she kind of really popularized the... The swept up uh, half up dude God, every time I look at this picture I'm like why couldn't those two kids make things work (laughs) maybe they still will they could do a Bradgelina oh no a hang on Benefer that's who I mean a Benefer my god forgive me Oh, so look at the suit. We're used to looking at her skinny tie, skinny tie, skinny mm. lapels, skinny fit on a skinny handsome man. Yeah, skinny, 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 skinny. So that's the, that's um Hedy's first big coup. Um, 
And then after that, it becomes this thing where he starts dressing like the libertines. Yeah, the strokes. The strokes. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It, he, he kind of says throughout his career, he recently sort of um, produced a monograph of like that, those 10 years of 2000, 2010, which were his big, big years mm. of, um, of being the sort of head of Dior. And being like, yeah, it was all influenced by music. It's really, I think, why I'm a successful designer is because I really want to be a musician, essentially. Which I find so lovable because I really want to be a musician. I don't want to be a writer or a podcaster. Absolutely. We're all just doing this because we couldn't make it in a band. (laughs) Truly. And the people who admit that to themselves, I think, are the most successful creatively. Wow, you're really laying it on the line there. Yeah. No, I, I, I've thought this for a few years now. I think I've said it a few times on this podcast that most writers are one of three failed professions, which is a failed movie director, uh-huh. a failed stand-up comedian, or a failed rock star. Yeah. I mean, rock star, in my case, I would have been the girl dancing barefoot with a tambourine, and I'm very comfortable with that. You so could have been Stevie Nicks in another line. Oh, well, thank you. I quite fancy. Do you remember Tilly and the Wall? That indie oh, band that had yeah. a, a tap dancer as the drummer. I was like, yeah, when there's a Sussex version of that, then my moment will come. But it didn't happen. So I had to become a writer good. instead. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah but, uh, th- hey, I was in my skinny jeans, Caroline. Dancing along to Tilly and the Wall. Mm. Um, but uh, so, yeah, he starts dressing all these rock stars and then starts in um, putting the music in his shows and so mm-hmm. this sort of like it's so strange because I remember first n- knowing about skinny jeans as a woman thing and then it becoming controversial when ordinary guys started wearing yeah. it but actually it started as a men's tailoring thing with Dior Homme and then bled into us and mm-hmm. then bled back into the common man yeah it's interesting isn't it and it was that kind of I guess the first time in my actually no that can't be true because there was a lot of androgyny in the whole grungy thing as mm-hmm. well but it was maybe the first time in my own personal wardrobe that I had yeah. been wearing something that the men that I fancied were wearing as well right very interesting and uh, yeah maybe also the first time and I was talking to my husband about this last night because I really want to get his kind of perspective Potentially the first time for that generation that men were given body hang-ups by fashion. Yes. And that's interesting. That's Do you know what I mean? fucking like, interesting. Men yeah. had to feel bad about their thighs. Equality. Like, <laughs> but, but, you know, I'm, so I, my kind of, if you, you know, I think back to skinny jeans, my overriding image is me at sick form in mm. so 2004 to 2006, the, very much the kind of era that skinny jeans were coming up kind of moving from being like a bit of a niche fashion thing to being like quite ubiquitous. And all the guys that I fancied at sixth form who were in a band, yeah, they would wear the skinniest of skinny jeans, the little uh, leather biker jackets, mm-hmm. and they would move like they were chafing. Like you could tell, <laughs> you could tell as the way they would walk across the sixth form car park yeah. that, um, yeah, they were not comfortable. And that was interesting. That is witness. Yeah. With the winkle picker shoes as well. Totally. You know, there were blisters happening. It wasn't a comfortable look, but seeing men suffer for fashion felt very exciting. Yeah, and it, it was part of this kind of, um, what is a kind of every 20 years panic over the standards of masculinity and whether men are becoming too feminine or whatever. Mm. And that was very much ground. I think maybe by the time skinny jeans were in their ascendancy in male fashion, we would we had pushed past the word metrosexual, but we were yeah. still homophobic. So, oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like this situation of like, oh, they're... The, the idea exactly of suffering for fashion in this way just mm. felt so intrinsically feminine and therefore despicable. Yeah, completely. And I wonder, maybe this is going, maybe this is a bit of a stretch, um, but I wonder 
how much of that had to be compensated for by really toxic behaviour. Because if you think about the indie scene, and I think we're kind of just getting to that point of reckoning, aren't we, with how bad, you know, obviously in the wake of Russell Brand, etc. Oh my God, yeah, Russell Brand. Russell Brand, absolute proponent of skinny jeans. Um, Noel Fielding, thinking back, he was, you know, king of them. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't know Noel Fielding, I'm sure, you know, I'm not casting any aspersions on his behaviour, but um, that whole world of the indie boy, Mm. I reckon there was quite a lot of shitty behaviour going on oh, and maybe sure. it was because their jeans were so tight <laughs> just their cocks were sore <laughs> I look making excuses but yeah. but it is interesting you're right that like interplay between kind of actually a much more feminised version of what was cool for a man yeah uh, and being quite sort of, I guess, poetic and quite kind of, you know, reading literature and smoking your rollies and being a bit tortured but, you know, maybe came with it a wave of yeah, really quite nasty. And I'm, I'm so interested in as well of like this and and like I I, I think maybe I, I'm under the delusion of thinking everybody had their own indie sleaze kind of thing. But mm. Like I I feel like the bulk of our generation, if they're like into books and music now, generally yeah. went through the indie sleaze tunnel to get here. I think we had to, didn't right? We? Was there? Yeah. I'm sure there were other countercultures. I'm sure not everybody relates to this, but I just remember this thing of like. You know, and I I I read about this in um my book, The Rachel Instant, of the 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 death of CD sales, meaning the uh, rapid increase of touring, and mm. that like um bands that were just always always on the road because they had to make that money back somehow, yeah. and that being this very strange thing of like you know obviously I grew up in Cork, uh, most of my friends are English and grew up in various you know townships around the UK, but we've all seen the same bands. We've right. all seen Las Vegas. We've all seen Pigeon Detectives. We've <laughs> yeah. all seen Dirty Pretty Things because these bands were everywhere all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and like every single person I know either has or has a friend who has a picture of them with Carl Barat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, it was my friend. Yeah. I have yeah. one of Mystery Jet's drumsticks <laughs> and Adam Green's water bottle. Tucked away in my memories box. It was a magical time. It was. It, it was, really like, was. It just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just momentarily <laughs> lost in it, and I and I obviously, you know, it's interesting because the indie sleaze aesthetic, which you kind of can't talk about if you can't not talk about if you're talking about skinny jeans, mm. um, is this thing. And I read a brilliant Rolling Stone article about it, where the writer was essentially saying, you know, this was written this time last year. It's like mm-hmm. 2022. We were told indie sleaze was going to be the was thing. going to come back, right? Did it? No, like not really. I mean, I think yeah. a nostalgia for indie sleaze has definitely come back. Yes, and we want to listen to the music again, and we want to revisit it in our memories. Do we want to dress that way again? I don't necessarily think it's happening. Well, nobody is because no. as we did our headcount this morning, yeah, 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 nine pairs of skinny yeah. jeans. Will it? But I mean, is it one of those things which just taking a little while to bed in? Because mm. I do wonder the very fact of us being sat in a booth today talking about how skinny jeans are dead, is that going to set into motion? Is that going to be the beat of a butterfly's wings Mm -hmm. that sets into motion, you know, the wave of change that means this time next year, the Gen Zs are going to be rolling around in their skinny jeans and their bomber jackets and their, like, you know, neon stilettos. Definitely the the butterflies and the dominoes are in place for it to happen. Yeah. If you think that, like, and I think part of the reason why it definitely didn't happen was because people post-COVID were, there was, like, a the the term hard pant has really Oh, the hard pant. Yeah, yeah. Got to be a soft pant. Nobody wants to wear a hard trouser. Uh Uh-huh. You know, um... 
lots of like there was real advent of like oh these are basically sweatpants but they look like a yeah they've you got know. a stripe down the side yeah for their office wear precisely mm. exactly and like will there come a natural reaction to that whereby people want to be back in do you know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they like these well, kids who were denied a uni experience and now they're in their twenties and they're in their first office jobs and they're yes. properly in the world. Are they going to be like, "Fuck it, I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a hard jean, a, a hard, hard jean string. and a peplum top." Yeah, right. I know. I can see it happening. And interestingly, I've written down on my notes as well that I think one of the other nails in the coffin for the skinny jean was lycra, because when they became jeggings, yes, that was when they crossed over. And so you know, the into original- mom wear. Into mumwear, that's yeah. it. And they became softer and softer and softer to the point where we were basically just wearing big, like, thick blue tights, mm-hmm. right? And that was definitely the beginning of the end for the skinny jean. Yeah. Because there's this thing with jeans, and maybe this is getting into a slightly, you know, too existential fashion territory. I'm going to pose a big question. Why are jeans a staple? I'm a person that has spent my entire life trying and, to my mind, failing to wear jeans. Right, You're like, wearing a beautiful pair of jeans right yeah, now. Thank you. I, I mean, these I have to say, these are the only pair of jeans I have ever felt halfway good in in my life. They're gorgeous. They're um, an M&S so high-waisted They flare. are high-waisted patch pocket flares. Mm. Got got them off my mate, actually, um, who had bought too many sizes. And so that's... <laughs> d- didn't buy them new, just putting that out there. <laughs> Sorry. Um... <laughs> sustainability advocate I, have to I know yeah rep, oh my Caroline. god but um, anyway no these jeans I love them I love them to death and I'm a person that I don't get on well with jeans and yet I keep trying because my whole life I have been fed the message that mm. jeans are a wardrobe staple jeans are basically breathing you know, jeans and a white t-shirt. Jeans are basically breathing. And a beige trench coat. They'll see you through your life and you need to wear them. So, but you know, but jeans, I also think like good jeans are meant to be a bit punishing. Mm. So what we keep coming back to when people will tell you that the Levi's 501 is the only real jean. They're the, horrible the on me. I have jean. returned so many pairs of Levi's 501s yeah. in my life. Now, I mean, people adore them, don't get me wrong, but they that rigid denim mm. is not a comfortable thing to wear. So I when, when mom jeans kind of came back in about 2017, I actually looked it up. I wrote an article for mm. um, then the debrief. It's now been repurposed on Grazia called, Am I the only one that finds mom jeans really painful in the crotch area? <laughs> yes. In which... Yeah. Well, yes, I am the only one. No, you're no. not. Good, thank you. In which I had to speak to a gynecologist... <laughs> genuinely to find out whether I am freakish or it's normal that I could wear them all right in the morning and then by like 2pm my entire crotch would be like numb because of the seam because of the seam the seam would pinch in a way and she very very sweetly had to explain that you know all women are different anatomically and some of them have you know more going on in that area did she imply that you had more going on in that area she she may have it was a body (laughs) hang up that I didn't know I had to worry about I don't like that idea (laughs) I think I might have more going on in that area it's great hey body positivity come on it's 2023 Anyway, sorry, I've gone I mean, off piece, it, but no, what I'm to, saying to, to is... Keep going off this piece. Whenever I see like an art installation that's like, here's a big wall of fannies, I I do immediately think like, oh, that one sucks. And that one's... Yeah. <laughs> that one's okay. I don't like the look of that one. <laughs> so we're part of the problem. Right, right, right. So, us and our massive fannies. Yeah. 
in our mom jeans. It's not a comfortable experience. Like, it isn't. And so I think we will always have this seesaw Mm. with fashion and with denim in particular where we go back and forth, back and forth between do we want to be comfortable or do we want the rigid rigid denim kind of holding us in and hoisting us up and, you know, um, and that's the kind of 501 dream. And so I think you're right in that, you know, we will just go back and forth and jeans will... At the moment, you know, we're in the kind of, we're back in the rigid and we're back in the big, the big yeah. baggies, but gradually over time. Or I feel like for our really age group, in. the over 30s is very much uh, like, yeah, that that's ca- kind of um, a more structured mom jean yeah. where it's like a high a waisted leg. with a straight yeah, yeah. leg, which are all my jeans at the moment. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. And I'm finding interestingly as, as now a, a mom, yeah. like if I turn up at soft play wearing like a flare, yeah. that looks a bit try hard. Like, really? Yeah, there's a very specific uniform. Go on. Okay, so at the moment, and this is what I've observed, I'm like sitting in the corner with my little notebook, but I mm-hmm. cannot for the life of me get it right. Because mm-hmm. I'm just not naturally a cash person. I can't really nail it. You, but do, yeah. you do love an outfit. I love know? an outfit. I do. So You're always coordinated. Me. It's always great. Oh, but it is the bane of my life. I'm not, I can't throw things on. I, I do think can't. I do think it is why you're one of the most well-liked women in our industry. <laughs> First of all, you're wonderful. And second of all, whenever you're about to come, I was like, oh, I wonder what she'll be wearing. <laughs> like, oh, it is very, I like to turn it yeah. out for the people, Caroline. Thank, thank you. Thank you for validating You're our lady die. <laughs> well, do you know, like, yeah, soft play don't care. Like, okay. <laughs> I will. So what I'm meant to be wearing is exactly what you just described. Mm-hmm. So like a, a structured, but like with a bit of bag to it, kind mm-hmm. of pair of like straight leg jeans that hit the ankle at a very specific spot. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's another mm-hmm. thing that, you know, you can't Getting talk about. Getting that ankle length is a thing. Yeah, yeah, you can't talk about skinny jeans and, you know, the evolution of denim without talking about ankles mm-hmm. and their sudden prominence. I'll get back to that in a minute. Yes. Um, yeah, ankles and then like a big oversized sweatshirt. Yeah. But that somehow manages to look like cool and not like you're ill. Um, totally has to have that sort of like the kind of hint of a shoulder poking through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also isn't too long either. Not too long. Or like so long that it kind of swamps you and you look like a dainty pixie woman. Um, that ba- baby baseball cap with mm-hmm. your hair in like a low pony with like a fashionable scrunchie. Um, and then bum bag, obviously, you know, like the Uniqlo, oh, the Uniqlo bag, the Uniqlo yeah. bag. Uh, and then either a pair of like good, like designery trainers with a, a statement sock yeah. or, um, Burks, obviously Birkenstock mm-hmm. clogs or like, uh, maybe a boot. Now we're getting into the colder weather. That is, that's the mom uniform in my area. Mm. And then like a puffer coat, mm-hmm. you know, and I can't nail it. I try. Every time I try, yeah. I just feel like I'm cosplaying and I always get it a little bit wrong. You know, just a little, there's, the details are off. But yeah, so that, yeah, you're right. Those are the, those are the jeans that I think we're kind of, we keep coming back to and they're almost like a little palette cleanser. And then in between you get the real fashion jeans. Yeah. So wait, so would we call skinny jeans, they're no longer a fashion jean? They were a fashion jean, mm. but then they, they just, I think you're right that the, the jegging moment yeah. was a real downturn but before that moment a very important thing happened in 2003 and I wonder if you know what it is it's not Kate Moss that was a bit later wasn't it it's a little TV show called Sex in the City which was a comedy drama <laughs> that, I've, I've that, that, that rings a bell <laughs> I um, about four women in New York City was the city the fifth character uh, yes I'm argue yes okay <laughs> yeah no I'm on, I'm on board and in 2003, there was an episode called The Post It Always Sticks Twice, which is obviously 
important because of Jack Berners. Oh, Miranda. Miranda getting back in her skinny jeans. And of course, skinny jeans there used in a different way, right? As in the jeans she could only wear because she had had a baby, stopped having time to eat and lost his weight. exactly. I mean, which is bananas. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, as someone who's just had a baby, it's not happened. I remember around the same time reading an interview with Angela Jolie that was like, you don't have time to eat when you're running around after kids, after five kids or whatever. It's like, this cannot be true. Who's fed this to writers and actors? Because you're sleep deprived, so sugar is the next best thing to sleep. But anyway, yeah, Miranda's skinny jeans. And remind me, were they... Skinny sheen in shape. Are we talking? They were they were oh, wow. skinny in shape. They, I remember them so well, obviously, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they were kind of a high waist. They were black. They had that like great label on the back. She really yeah. did look amazing she did in, look them. Good in them. And it was that thing of like she had been. She did, remember those Atlantic City episodes where she was sort of oh, wearing the long yeah, red yeah, cardi, yeah, the stretchy pants. And this moment was supposed to be like the liberation of Miranda, kind of thing. We're going to get a, a new sexy free Miranda. She had a little vest top on with them, didn't she? Yes, and she was like, and the one with the glass is mine yeah. <laughs> it's round and round in my head and uh, but like it was the thing of like this the, by the end of that show there weren't that many scenes or storylines anymore of them all going out together at like for big nights out there yeah, was yeah, always yeah. the brunch scenes there was always cocktail scenes but them going out to parties had kind of become a thing of the Felt earlier really seasons really exciting yeah. yeah in the early seasons there was lots of engagement parties lots of club launches and then by then less and less mm-hmm. and so it was this kind and there was kind of a whole rock and roll atmosphere to that entire episode they went to this mad club went to this mad pub afterwards they got stoned yeah it's one of the best episodes Samantha ever. was wearing her New York doll oh so good like one of the all time best episodes yeah like not just for the postage for everything and uh, I do think that must have been one of the first because at this point, mm. uh, uh, Mr. Slim, Mr. Slim Man, Mr. Slim Man <laughs> is making the clothes. But is this the first time we've had the phrase "skinny jeans" appear in culture? Because that was the yeah, earliest such a good phrase point. I could find. And you know, it didn't occur to me because I think I, I associate skinny jeans so much with indie. Yeah, and we love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, youth. That actually Miranda as a 30-something woman in New York, like that yeah. just... it. But you're right, that was coming from a completely different place. But it was all colliding at the same time. Yeah, and, and it was a kind of a grungy look, a grown-up of... grungy look kind of thing. Yeah. And actually, I guess if we're getting back into the sort of body image of it all, yeah, you know, it was something about the confidence of encasing your ass yeah. and heading out into the world, you know? 
And like I'm, yeah, not to not to bring up Trini Susanna again, but I did. You're you're nine eleven. My nine eleven. My Roman Empire. Um, I went back to the books uh, in preparation for this, mm-hmm. which I have both on my shelf. They were a very big part did you bring of them? my youth. I haven't bought them with me because actually they didn't. They barely mentioned jeans. Really? And no, it turns out they were very. They were very into a palazzo pant. Mm. They were really pushing the palazzo pant agenda. Not a lot of Jean in the book. Um, only mainly in derogatory ways to say... I remember say, them like, in the show a lot. I remember the bootcut jeans being in the show. Yeah. yeah. So like when they were recommending a Jean, it was definitely a bootcut. Uh-huh. Um, again, because flattering, you know. Um, and... Yeah, so like I, I went back to those books and reading them again, it does hit me with this whole wave of like, there are so many things I still believe when I go shopping even today because mm. I ingested those messages as a 12, 13 year old. Yeah. Yeah. And so going out in skinny jeans, hearing the kind of voices of Trini and Susanna in my yeah. head being like, oh, get yourself back in a nice pair of boot cuts if you have. <laughs> Awful words they used to use like saddlebags. Oh, saddlebags. Yeah. Saddlebags. Yeah. I hate that. And so, you know, there was something that was a little bit punk, dare I say it, about us all wearing those jeans and, you know, just how tight they got. And isn't it fascinating that it went from that to, you know, in the space of a decade, our mum's wearing them. Yes. And jeggings. Yeah. Yeah, And being the absolute default. The moment where I thought that, like, where I first realised, like, oh, this is this trend that has been around my entire life Mm. is actually going to die, is that when my mum was visiting... Last Christmas, we had some kind of thing and some kind of lovely mum and daughter activity, like going to the V&A and being in the coffee shop or something. Lovely. Lovely. And afterwards, we browsed the charity shops around Kensington. Mm. And she was looking through the jeans. She was, like, she was like, oh, my God, like flipping through, being like, here's like some Ralph Lauren jeans and Tommy Hilfiger jeans and like all these great designers or whatever. And I picked them up. They were every single one was a skinny. Of course. It's like, oh, all the rich women are getting rid of their skinnies. Yeah, that was a year ago. Right. You that know? was you putting a finger up to the wind. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember yep, thinking yep. like, it's, it's done. And she was like, you got to get these. And I was like, no. Oh, she thought I was crazy. She thought I was crazy yeah. for not buying like a you know a twenty two pound Ralph Lauren jean. You know, I mean, I mean we are we're all a little bit crazy, and this is yeah. one of the things you know. It's a tricky thing for me to talk about as somebody who preaches like we need to break up with fast fashion. Yeah. We need to kind of move away from the relentless trend cycle, but it's in the water. It's something. It's very hard. I think it's something very human. <sighs> To get bored of things yes. and move on. And and it's there is something quite tribal. We kind of we look at who's around us. We want to kind of fit in with the moment. It, like it's a very difficult thing. Like I battle with it. And maybe, hey, in another ten years' time I will be kind of confident enough in my own personal style that I won't feel that need to kind of track trends it, yeah, and what the it, people are doing. And... It's it's nice that like you're you've dedicated so much of your career to sustainability and can still put your hands up and be like people get bored of things. People get bored of things. Yeah, I mean so my answer to that is always just don't get rid of stuff. Mm-hmm. Just if you can put it in storage, if you can put it under your bed, put it in the loft, whatever you will probably be getting it out again in 10, 15 years' time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like that's because fashion moves so terrifyingly quickly. Yeah. And and it, faster and faster and faster at the moment as well. Like things are coming back around at like breakneck speed. Um, yes. Like I got out the other day, there was a phase where riding caps. Do you remember this? Riding caps. This was like a very like micro trend. Not no. quite a baker boy cap. Like a structured, it looks like a riding hat. As in like a black, okay. like a little peak. I don't remember this at all. So I bought this in twenty twelve, I think. Okay. Got it out the other day. Looks good again. Wow. Yeah. Um, but where were we? Your mum's mum's 
Yes. Mums in skinny jeans. Mums love skinny jeans. Mums love skinny jeans. They've yeah. got a bit of stretch. They're comfy. My mum looks good in a skinny jean. You can tuck them into your boots. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... Is... But I, th- I think that will come back again as well, tucking them into boots. Yeah. Uh, what, what this is fascinating to me as well is that, like, and you as a sustainability expert, is mm. that, like, the... Um, obviously, replacing a pair of... You know, what most people have, like, what, between... I'm going to say between three and six pairs of jeans in their wardrobe. Right. Right. Six feels yeah, like a lot. Yeah, that feels... Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just about replacing the jean. It's about mm. every... It's about the silhouette and everything that goes with the jean. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what I associate with skinny jeans is uh, Converse's. Yep. Um, a slightly longer line top. top. Yes, I literally... I wrote this down. Suddenly tops got longer to the point where we even maybe had to layer yes. one top over a longer top. Precisely. To fill that gap. Yeah. Totally. And if you're yeah. really doing the indie sleeves, maybe a little waistcoat over that. Uh-huh. Maybe a shrug cardigan over that. And then necklaces got longer Neckla- in line yes. with the top. Yes. Probably an owl on it. Probably an owl on it. Mm-hmm. Our cultural inheritance, what we'll mm. be giving to our granddaughters, is a box full of tangled, <laughs> tangled owl necklaces. Rusty owls with one eye missing. And that, then that to me, that obviously summarizes the sort of like 2010 young woman. And it all sort of stems from the jean shape. Whereas yeah. now, I'm I, my favorite pair of jeans are a high waisted cos jean with a straight leg. Mm-hmm. I feel great in them. They do have a seam that does buckle at around four hours in. You're doing yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And I you're soldiering on bravely, I'm soldiering on bravely. But I love them. But with that, because I wear them virtually every day, I have started buying cropped loose jumpers. Hmm. Um. I am. I've, I haven't worn a pair of Converse in about two years now at this point because they don't look right with them. No. So I'm wearing gum boots and I'm wearing uh, loafers. You yeah, know, so yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's like a knock-on effect. I'm in a loafer of right now. Yeah, let's have a look. Lovely stuff. Where are they from? Uh, they are vagabond or vintage. Fab. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, but shoes particularly, I was thinking about this and skinny jeans did change everything. So I was asking my husband how he felt as a man like when skinny jeans came in. Yeah. And he said, it took me a long time to get my head around it because I had, you know, I've literally written it down, because I had been conditioned to believe the most important thing about trousers was that they covered your shoes. <laughs> and suddenly, yeah. but he's right, because yeah. suddenly shoes became so much more important, more visible than ever yeah. before. And ankles, and also the tops of your feet became an erogenous zone. Obviously, like the <laughs> <laughs> the like advent yeah. of the ballet pump, of course, all of that. And it it does. You're right. Every time a new jean shape comes in, it throws everything else in your wardrobe off kilter. Yeah. Suddenly, the silhouette changes. Suddenly, it's all about hitting. Yeah, your waist or your hip or your ankle at a different point. Yeah. It's very tiring. I find it fascinating for mm. someone who knows nothing about fashion. I could like. Talk, oh, d- I could talk oh, about don't this give me all that. day. You're a very well dressed woman, but like, I don't know about designers. I don't know about shops. I don't know mm. about. But like the, and I think as well of like that uniform of the like. I mean, a, a, a subject that often people throw my way, and I'm not really quite sure what to do with. And maybe covertly, it's this episode: yeah. jeans and a nice top. Jeans and a nice top. Because that was where yes. the skinny jean. It's very hard now to find a nice top. <laughs> Do you know, especially is, one that goes with a high-waisted yeah, straight yeah, leg, yeah, yeah, yeah. cars jeans. Yeah, like I'm sorry to keep invoking our age, but is it hard to find a nice top, or is it hard for to us as nice women jean. in our mid-thirties to find a nice top? Yeah, because our definition of a nice top has maybe narrowed. I don't know. But if you were yeah. to close your eyes and imagine a nice top, what would that look like in your okay. head? I think it's got like a bat wing or like a, a an angel wing. wing. What do you mean by that? Do you know what? I mean? Like a kind of. 
Oh. It's got something going on in the sleeve. There's yes. like an angel wing sleeve. Uh-huh. Oh, so it's covering, but it's it's gauzy. It's gauzy. Yeah. There's a bit of a movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's maybe it's like a wrap and you could wear a little lacy bra underneath it. Yes. Right? Like something like that. And it's in a velvet. Or Lovely. Oh, I love that. A low V wrap situation, but yeah. it's not actually a wrap. It's not actually a wrap, crucially. But it has a nice sort of chiffon-y wing. Uh-huh, oh. Uh-huh. And then Give you can wear top. like some sort of sexy, like lacy bra thing yes. peeking out underneath. Peeking is a word that <laughs> that springs to mind. Is that a nice top? I That's a nice know. top. <laughs> I don't this know. This podcast is now thinking of tops. <laughs> <laughs> But what did you think was a nice top in the jeans and a nice top era of the mid noughties? Like, oh, what were you wearing? Gosh, as a nice the nice top? tops I had. Um, I a nice top that I frequented a lot was a kind of a, a V neck t shirt mm-hmm. with um that was had sequined bejewel thing and quite a low V, but it was still essentially yeah. a t shirt. A t shirt, right? Yeah. And now t shirts go hand in hand with this whole era as well because yeah. let's not forget that skinny jeans came out of that time where. 14-year-old girls mm. were wearing like a tweed midi skirt. With I, a, my favourite thing. <laughs> a tweed midi skirt with a pair of flat leather riding boots. Mm-hmm. And then oh like God, a kind so of... So many riding boots. So many riding boots. And then like a boat neck, three-quarter length sleeve t-shirt. Yeah. And that was considered like the epitome of chic. Like that was what I wore to my non-uniform days at school. Yeah. Circa kind of 2002. I was dressing like a sort of middle-aged librarian. It was this very strange time. I feel like every time I see you, we try to get to the bottom of this. And why did it happen? <laughs> why was why did people let us? But so it it really warms my heart now that teenagers have gone back to the massive baggy jeans yeah. and they're going very grunge again. I love it because I think teenagers should look like they crawled out of a swamp. Yes, I and think they that's really correct. do. <laughs> they really do now, and I want to applaud them for it. Yeah, because also we had a phase recently where teenagers looked too good. Like, they were all contouring. Mm-hmm. They were all very immaculate. They looked better than us. It's yeah. not right. Like, in the natural order of things, it isn't it's right. Not right. And now they've gone back to looking very swampy again. And I think it's wonderful. I love it. And, like, yeah. I, I, I meet teenagers not infrequently through my work writing yeah. YA. And what I find so um, reassuring about it is that there is... There is like a, t- as with any class of teenage girls, I don't care what the teenage boys are doing, but <laughs> any class of teenage girls, um, there's like that top 5% of like beautiful girls. Mm. And I, I can't remember what beautiful girls were wearing in our time, but now it's just like basically skims. They're wearing skims. Right, five, five, five. Um, but everybody else below that is like drawing on their hands, has a shredded yes. sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> with their with a thumbs through with it. With their thumbs sticking through it. And oh. like, horror, like, like, like lots of badges and yeah. like... Yeah, tipex on the rucksack. Are they doing that still, again? Still, still. It really... Song people want to pretend it's changed. It hasn't. Oh, see, I just love it. The hot rich girls always happy. wear something fashionable and then everybody else is just wearing shit. Yes. And it, I think we have seen a return of uh, like subcultures as well which again we did mm. for a while we didn't I think it's kind of down to TikTok I think she yes. she says TikTok throw that phrase in there um, <laughs> that it is no longer like fashion hasn't bec- isn't as homogenous as it was 10-15 years ago for yeah. that age group because they are all kind of using music and culture yeah to find their their people you know and then you've got the whole dark academia thing which happened and there's like been a million other yeah subcultures that i'm not going to try and name and embarrass myself right now but i know that ballet core is a big thing ballet core is a big thing which is essentially a way of just 
uh, wearing ballet flats and a wrap top. Yeah, lovely. All of this. Delightful. It's like, yeah, sure, I had ballet yeah, flats yeah, yeah, and a wrap top. core on the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I, and that makes me happy because, again, I think that's kind of what adolescence should be about is that sort of gluing together your identity from yeah. little, little scrapbook snippets of culture from the last however many years or centuries that you've found and little things that appeal to you and yeah. kind of haphazardly fashioning it all into an outfit and going out and being like, yeah, this is who I am today. Yeah. And I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's... It's great. We've gone off jeans. I'm sorry. They're, they're wearing jeans. They're, they're wearing, wearing big jeans. baggy jeans and the rain is seeping up through them. And that makes me happy. Oh, my God. Their jeans are making a sound as they walk. Just like yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> that was like the opposite of ASMR. <laughs> um, I'm very interested. We, we touched on it a minute ago, but like the, the male body standards of it all. Because mm. when I was 22, the dream boy was basically an extension of like the heroin chic movement. Right, right, right. Do you know what I mean? Just like very, I didn't want any of them to have any kind of muscle tone whatsoever. No, absolutely not. That was kind of gross to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like at at a certain point, the, and I'm not, I'd be interested in talking to a man about this the way he felt it happened. Mm. Like getting jacked as hell stopped being something that was just for actors undergoing superhero (laughs) and became a kind of an expectation of basically every man and I do Mm. feel I really do feel for them and maybe it actually is has something to do with the proliferation of superhero movies because every time one of those movies comes out there's another men's health article about like how Chris Evans got his body or whatever Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and so Maybe that has something to do with it. Um, I think maybe it's also something to do with information and just how much more readily available these kind of tips are. Yeah. You know? It, it used like, to be if a man wanted to get fit, the only regime he had to follow was the Rocky drinking eggs and chasing a chicken exactly. around. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe it's just the wide availability of whey protein. Oh my God. Like, I think that probably has something to do with it. But also, again, it's just that seesawing that we were talking about. It's like fashion yeah. will always just flip flop between one thing and the other. Fashion loves opposites, right? It does. Yeah. And so it's like once being a kind of skinny hipped indie boy yeah. stopped being cool, obviously they kind of, the men had to find somewhere, somewhere else to go, somewhere else to. Somewhere to some other way out. to kind of torch themselves with, yeah. They, I don't know. There's always this theory, and, um, it sort of started around the industrial revolution of like when uh, work started becoming highly mechanized. Mm. Uh, beards came back in a huge way, like big, big, bushy beards. Like for pre-industrial revolution, most people were clean shaven. Okay, then, and then uh, machines started doing our work for us, and so this kind of this this trend to look as masculine as possible came back in. And like that's where you get all those oh. that mental facial hair. Comes I thought you were going to say it was something to do with like soot getting in the beard. Oh, maybe that. Too. Maybe that too. But no, that makes sense. So they yeah. were like, okay, we feel like less of less, less masculine. masculine because yeah. machines are doing all of our manly work for us. Totally. So let's grow a load of hair on our faces. Interesting. And so maybe that's what like ordinary guys with the office job getting jacked as hell for no reason to sit behind a desk all day because they're not plowing. <laughs> a field totally Maybe. Every, every time I walk around my neighbourhood and I see like another PT yelling at somebody in a, in a car park I'm like mm. what is this for <laughs> like, yeah are you and like and every man I talk to who's like into the gym is like I like it it's for my mental health I enjoy it I unwind I'm like okay fine, fair fine. enough yeah can't um, argue with it but it does not look fun no it doesn't so my husband I don't think he'd mind me saying this who had not really done any exercise in the whole time we'd been together apart from playing football like mm-hmm. once a week um, when I got pregnant, he went out one day, joined a gym, bought a load of 
like athleisure wear, uh-huh. bought a massive thing of protein shake, oh. came home and sat me down and literally said to me like, oh, I need to talk to you about something I've been thinking about for a while. And I thought, oh my God, he's going to leave me. Oh, and then he said, oh no, he wants to open up the marriage. <laughs> he's, yeah, right. <laughs> I thought this would be terrible timing. Yeah. He said, I've joined a gym because I want to get strong for the baby. Oh my God. <laughs> to which I said, how much do you think they weigh? But, like, it was definitely, it was a thing for him. It was a kind of, right, I need to step up to this new challenge in my life. I need muscles to do that. And he started going to the gym. And Is he jacked now? (laughs) Jacked as hell? I think he looks lovely. So no, no. But no, 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 no. I don't want a, I don't want a jacked husband. No. That's not my type. No. Like you know, like I, I loved his body before. I love it now. He's great. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't say he's jacked. He's a, he's definitely a bit. Yeah, he's bulked out a little bit. Um, but it was never about that. Do you know? It was yeah. it was more like he felt there was some kind of something deep inside him that said, right, the way you know, yeah, you're not a boy anymore. You're a man, my son, and you must go and get some muscles to prove it. I have seen. I, I this. This is the first time I've heard of someone's husband coming to them and being like, here's my new plan. Yeah. But I have noticed this in other uh, pregnant couples I know. Mm. And I wonder if it is something to do with like their wife or girlfriend is going through this immense Massive physical, physical change. change. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I think there's probably like, something I feel, in they that. feel left out. <laughs> like genuinely. Lauren's making gains. Why aren't I making gains? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just eating quiche for breakfast, lunch and dinner. God. I know being pregnant is horrible, but it sounds lovely. <laughs> And the quiche was good. I'm not gonna lie. I walked around with quiche in my handbag. But but what months. I what I wanted to get back to <laughs> quiche sure. in your handbag. Uh, yeah, I really did. The lesser known Beyonce lyric. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, <laughs> is that when okay so the um, body standards for men change, but uh, and then the the meme of leg day, of skipping leg day became more evident because like those five men wearing jeans, mm. um, they it's like these incredibly huge torsos with these little. Yes. Uh, accentuated by the skinny, by the skinny, skinny jeans, jeans. Yeah. they don't help. Yeah, yeah, and so then all of a sudden, that kind of slightly Jack the Lad uniform mm. of like a nice, you know, Jack Wills shirt or something, mm-hmm. and a skinny jean, and I don't know what shoes do they wear? Loafers, 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 no socks. Uh, the, loafers, no socks, as like the going out outfit yeah. that began to change. Then, yes, also it results. did. Yeah, and so. It's harder as well for it's harder for the men. Um, let's well nobody think of the men because they don't have as far to go. So women's mm. fashion, you know, will always be so much more variable. It's a broad technicolor rainbow of options. Mm-hmm. Men's fashion, or at least the fashion that is socially prescribed to, yeah, you know, men and those who identify as male. It's just, it's so much more limiting. It's really it painting in shades of grey, isn't it? So it's like if skinny jeans are no longer a thing for guys, where do they go? Just to a slightly looser straight leg jean. I, the, it's you know what? Exciting. Do you know I find the so doesn't leap. sad that they are so excited about Carhartt? Yeah, right. That they is the most inventive thing they have is fucking Carhartt. Yeah, yeah, the most yeah. boring clothes I've ever seen. <laughs> But again, clothes designed for people ploughing fields. Right? Exactly. Right? And there we have the crisis of masculinity yeah, all yeah, over yeah. again. So my friend Duncan um, was really horrified a year or two ago because my he followed my brother on Twitter. And my brother is a Gen Z millennial cusper. Hi, Dan. Oh, yes. Hi, Dan, if you're listening. Um, and Dan's very on it. Dan's a very fashionable man. And he tweeted something quite scathing about millennials still wearing skinny jeans. Uh-huh. And that was how my friend Duncan found <gasps> out. And he messaged me and he was really upset about it. 
and still is now, to be honest. Oh. And like, I really sensed, like, I really felt for him in that moment because it was like, oh, like you thought you'd found your look, your uniform, and, and you thought you some, and you thought you never had to think about it again. You thought you never had to think about it again. Yeah. You may, maybe this is the like the most confident you felt in your clothes, and now some little upstart, yeah, has just come and pissed all over it and now you've got to go back to the drawing board we've all had those moments when yeah. we have something in our lives that we think is is like we've been doing it forever and we think it's something like very Chanel number five of us do you yeah, know what I mean like, yeah, yeah. we're doing something it's very classic it's a timeless classic yeah. it's my signature and then yeah. someone gets a little bit piss takey about it mm-hmm. and your worldview just rocks for a I mean, for me, it's it's having very, very, very long hair, which I know that, like, sooner or later, I am probably going to bow to pressure and just have to cut it all off. No, you can't. Oh, well, it's a bit, it's silly. The most beautiful it's hair silly. in the business. It's silly hair. It's silly hair. Um, yeah. I did wonder, like, how long will the shacket last? Do you think... The shacket. Oh, the yeah, shacket. Yeah, the shacket. Because I was thinking about portmanteaus, and I wonder, yeah. and again, maybe this is a bit of a stretch, no pun intended. Yeah. If jeggings were the death of the skinny jean and shumpers were used as shorthand for in the Ashling books for yeah. being a little bit a little bit lame. Mm-hmm. Maybe portmanteau fashion is where things <gasps> die. Oh, this is you know a rich I mean? territory. Right? Like maybe once things become a portmanteau we kind of shouldn't be touching them anymore. Like that's where it becomes a bit of a gimmick. Yeah, it's yeah because it's a kind of a catchphrase. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. But, How but shackets, everybody loves a shacket at the moment. I can one hundred percent see in five years' time there being like a Gen Alpha person mm, like taking on TikTok, ripping yeah, the yeah, piss yeah. out of the shacket. Out of the shackets. Anyway, I'm just you heard it here first. I'm I, just I'm hi, mm. I'm prophesizing. <laughs> wow, my God. Do we have anything else? <laughs> no, I'm going to consult. I'm amazed we've gotten this much out of it, to be honest. You haven't slept and I'm hungover. <laughs> um, I've just written down, the other day I saw a young person in a shop wearing one of those long, uh, skinny, fringed scarves oh over a vest God. top. And that was exciting. I could re- I could smell the J-Lo glow, do you know? Oh, Still, like, one of my favourite perfumes. It's a great perfume. Yeah. It really is. It's beautiful. I don't know yeah. sticks. I think, maybe, have you done celebrity perfumes as an episode? No, but I should. Oh, I feel like there's a lot in that, actually. Yeah. Because they, I mean, nothing is more derided than a celebrity perfume. Yes. That's like half off on an aeroplane, you know? And there's there's a man I follow who likes to continue, he's like a perfumer, but he likes to continuously go on rants about how Britney Spears' um, fantasy, or maybe circus perfume, is, yeah. is the best commercial perfume on the oh, market. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah, that's like that kind of intel when um, Lidl and Aldi started doing the rip-offs of... Chanel Coco Mademoiselle. Yes. Yeah. God, I stunk it's, that. This is this is a completely. We're just we're on a very tangenty mood today, but um, <laughs> I've become upset. It's weird because like I am now in a position in life where I can technically afford, you know, Charlotte Tilbury or something, yeah. or like n- nice department nice, store nice makeup. Yeah. And I'm now more than ever obsessed with dupes, obsessed with getting my money's worth on something, yeah. like. Um, Elf, for example, they do oh, yeah. a very cheap version of the Clinique Black Honey Lip. Oh, I, I remember when yeah. that was such a thing. Right. I went, I just, like saved up my like Saturday job money and went out and bought it for what? Tinted Vaseline? I know, like, but it, but Caroline, it looks great on everybody. It comes out a different color on everybody because it's nothing. Like so does like yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's clean the water. Of, it's the promise of the mood ring. Do you know what I mean? It's that yeah. idea of something that's like there's that very expensive perfume that is meant to react with your. Um, pheromones it's called like molecule number three two something okay. I don't know and the idea is it smells different on everybody 
because it reacts with like your bodily but mass. all perfume and something just smells very, different on everybody I know but it's the gimmick isn't it it's something so yeah. exciting about that idea of like oh I wonder I wonder what my own personal br- I was going to say brand will be that sounds like I'm talking about farts <laughs> Places. <laughs> Before we move on from the dupes thing, though, I would yeah, want to yeah. say that Barry M lip, lip pencils as good as Mac. Oh, okay, yeah. good to know. There, you go. there we go. <laughs> there we are. Don't say you get nothing from this book. I mean, <laughs> you get a shopping tips. I'm basically it's Mary Porter. Money. So the only thing I've got in my notes that we haven't covered is what I've called the hitch, which was that little reflexive tug that became a hallmark of the skinny jeans era, which was <gasps> just hitching them up yes. constantly, right? And I don't miss that. That is something that rigid jeans have really, yeah, gifted us. Do oh my remember? God. It's quite totally. visceral when you think about it, that constantly having to hitch the jean up yeah. and the top down. The jean up, the top, top down. down. To the point where we were probably doing it in our pajamas. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, it became Why second nature. Oh my God, that has just brought back the mm. most vivid sense memory of just like tottering off a bar stool and right. just like, Hitch the up. jeans yeah. up, sleek the top down. It's very, it's Proustian. Because also by that point, you're like, we're in this sort of legging, jegging kind of situation. Exactly. As you say, portmanteau fashion is the death of a trend. Yeah. Um, and like, there's, they have no structural integrity. You're there yeah. essentially are blue tides. And yeah. they're just like, there's just pull it all pull up. Pull it all up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it kind of goes hand in hand with the little twitch that we developed flicking our side fringe out of our eyes which and I have a slightly mortifying story about that so when I was at uni I had a friend called Rory and we were really good friends for like the whole time we were at uni just before we left in our third year he made some little reference not in a mocking way like in a very nice way to my twitch and I went what twitch and he was like oh you know you know you've got you've got a twitch and I was like I I, do I? I don't, I don't. I don't have a twitch. What? Do I that have a twitch? Would, that would unmake me. It turned out I don't have a twitch. It was me flicking my fringe out of my eyes, and he thought that I had an actual facial tick the whole time oh, he'd known me. Um, yeah. Oh the no! The way we suffer for fashion. He's probably like Lauren, that nice girl with Parkinson's. <laughs> Bell's palsy or something. Something yeah. was going genuinely. Maybe he wouldn't have been my friend. He was a very handsome man. He might not have been my friend had he not. <laughs> Felt thought he was, sorry for you. He was diversifying his friendship group. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. But it was because I had such a heavy, heavy side fringe. Like yeah. at one point, my parting was almost on my ear. Let's be honest. It was like walking oh. around with like a a Greg's cheese slice kind of on my head at all times um, I love that yeah. um, one of the recent times you've been in here for this podcast has been for the weddings episode mm. which might have been last year that was this time last year yeah because yeah, I got yeah, married yeah. in August yeah. you did and, it is. and uh, then uh, you being like really paranoid about what your fringe was doing on that day yeah. and you still get a steady succession of sentimental garbage listeners who compliment your fringe on that day I do it's really funny what I get is like probably at least once a week I will get someone liking my wedding photos like two years deep in my Instagram grid and I always know that they're sentimental garbage listeners just coming to see what my fringe was doing <laughs> and then I'll get like little messages from people being like I think it looks nice <laughs> <laughs> It's a very nice community we have here. It really is. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, listen, we've gone all over the map. Mm. We we came into this knowing that I was hungover and that you were sleep deprived. And I think we've done a great job. I think we have. Well done us. In summary, the skinny jean is dead. Long live. But also, but also, long live the skinny jean. Uh, So, Lauren, thank you so much for coming in today and really getting to the bottom of these bottoms. Um, (laughs) uh, You're an expert, I would say. 
in fashion and mm. the life cycles thereof. Mm. And one of the places this was like, you, you've done this across many of your journalism and your nonfiction book, uh, How to Break Up with Fast Fashion. But one of my favourite ways that you've expressed it is in your novel, Pre-Loved. Thank you very much. Where there is actually a chapter about some skinny jeans. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I should have reread that for this. Oh, I mean, it's what not, was the conclusion? It's not very relevant. They were baggy around the knees. Um, often, yeah. Often, yeah. They were in a charity shop, but hey, they still had a second life because everything deserves one. There you go. Yeah, a nice moral to end on. <laughs> <laughs>